Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks, and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Hey everyone. Today I wanted to do an episode on alternate day fasting. Typically my protocol is one meal a day. And like I've said before, I usually open my window around 10 in the morning, eat some fruit, and then eat a meal that's heavy in protein with a little bit of carb on the side. And then I end up closing around 1230 to one o'clock. That's my very steady pattern. However, there are times when I do alternate day fasting and those times may include, you know, if I'm working up to an event, like let's say Thanksgiving, or if I'm going to a wedding or to a large dinner or something of that nature, I may decide to do a alternate day fasting so that I have a a day where I have almost no food in my system and then the the following day when I break my fast I can eat whatever I want and not feel bad about it and not feel overly full when I do it. So I've done alternate day fasting a few times. It's not really a regular part of my rotation but I've done it enough times now where I can give some some guidance on, on how to do it and actually I did it yesterday and had a pretty bad result doing it and I've done it other times and had a great result doing it. So I'm going to kind of compare and contrast what happened from the the good times and then what happened yesterday. So I'll start out with what happened yesterday since that one really went off the rails and then I'll compare it to another time where I didn't have any issues. So yesterday was part of the Jen Stevens Delay Don't Deny community, which is online, it's separate from Facebook. There's a, a Mealless Monday group, and every Monday they don't eat, it's a, it's a down day. So on Sunday, after you eat your last meal, you basically fast the whole rest of Sunday, all day Monday, and then you break your fast on Tuesday. So I was trying to do a Mealless Monday. On Sunday, I closed my window around 2 or 3 p.m., which is around what I normally do when I do alternate day fasting. At that point, I just left my insulin levels alone because they're adjusted so that the next day I can break my fast at 10 a.m. and then, you know, begin eating again. So I left it alone, fine. However, in the morning, that's when my Dexcom expired and I had to replace my, my Omnipod and I also got my period overnight. So I had three things sort of working against me. The reason that the Dexcom change was problematic is because there's a two hour warm up period. I had changed my pod right around the same time. And sometimes with pods, they work right out of the gate and there's just no problem. Sometimes maybe you have some air bubbles in there or who knows what, but maybe your first dose isn't that great. And all these things happened in the morning. So I had the feet on the floor phenomenon that I was trying to deal with. I had no Dexcom readings because I had swapped that out for a new one. 
and I had my period. So it was just all kinds of madness happening right around the same time. So my feet hit the floor and I was like 130 going up to 140. And so I started bolusing for it to bring it down, correcting it. And I ended up giving too much, but it was during the two hour warm up period. And during that period, obviously I can't be testing my blood sugar every five minutes. I would just completely run out of strips. So I tested it maybe two or three times and I saw that it was falling. I saw it was at 70 and then it was like 80 the next time I checked it. And then the last time I checked it, right when the warm up was right about to be done, it was like in the 50s. So I knew I had to correct. So I ate a couple of gummy bears and a little bit of fruit. Now, mind you, I really didn't want to eat because this is supposed to be a day that I'm fasting like the entire day. So I was pretty annoyed already but I also wasn't feeling good. I didn't really quite know what the impact of my period was gonna be. And I also didn't know the impact of the new pod yet because everything was sort of, I was sort of in the dark without the continuous glucose monitor, without those readings. And also just to hammer this point home, if you're not on a continuous glucose monitor and you're, you're testing, it's, it's like that the whole entire time. You just really have no idea what's going on in the background. So if this story, resonates at all with you, you can see why having a CGM is so important. Because I think if this warm-up period hadn't occurred at the same time that everything else was going on, then maybe I could have dealt with things a little bit better, but it just so happened that it was like a perfect storm. So the Dexcom came back on, I was in the 50s, and so I treated with some sugar, like I said, with some gummy bears and a little bit of fruit. And then I don't know if the pod just needed a little bit more to be a little bit primed a little bit more. Maybe there were some bubbles or something, but the the bolus didn't really take. I, I corrected the low and then my blood sugar went high and the bolus didn't take right away. So I went from, you know, before I swapped everything out, I was like in the 130s, 140 and then started heading down. I was like in the you know 50s. And then I ate the fruit and then I went back up again and I gave myself a correction and I didn't see it acting right away, so I just got confused and thought maybe the pod wasn't ready quite yet, so I gave myself a little bit more. And then all of a sudden, the insulin started kicking in, and then I went low, and so I ate some raisins. I was really trying hard not to continue this pattern. I really wanted to get off this roller coaster, especially since my plan had been to not eat all day, and now I was completely blowing the whole thing by eating all these <laughs> these things. There's really nothing more frustrating when you're trying to fast and you're you're eating the whole way through. So I ended up getting my blood sugar to a relatively stable point, but at that point, you know, the first day of a Dexcom, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's not usually totally accurate. So I'm constantly calibrating and checking with my finger sticks to see like what what my actual blood sugar is in the meter readings and the Dexcom readings were 30, 40, 50 points off. So they were pretty different. And since I use loop and I have an algorithm that doses insulin off of the Dexcom, when the Dexcom's not accurate, then you've got a problem. So the Dexcom was giving me too much insulin. The Dexcom was reading a little bit higher than what my actual blood sugars were. And so it was correcting me more than I needed to be corrected. And then again, going low. So this is all before lunch you know, before what would normally be at lunchtime. So again, eating some raisins. And then I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm gonna try to stabilize everything. I'm gonna eat, you know, with alternate day fasting, the 
the way that a lot of people do it is with a 500 calorie meal in the middle of the fast. So I said, I'm going to give myself this 500 calorie meal. It wasn't exactly 500 calories. It's probably less than that because I was trying to taper back since I knew I'd eaten so much other stuff earlier in the day to try to combat lows. So I ate a turkey sandwich with two pieces of cheese and the bread was cauliflower bread. So it had like no carb. I really didn't want the impact of carb anymore because my blood sugars had been such a mess up until this point. So I ate that was fine for a little while, but again, Dexcom being on day one, blood sugars were not calibrated properly and I was getting dosed off of incorrect blood sugars. And then I was doing some stuff later in the day where I couldn't be all over my blood sugars and I couldn't verify that the Dexcom was correct or not correct. And I was just letting loop run its thing off of incorrect blood sugars. And then I ended up really high. I ended up at like 250 in the middle of the afternoon. And then I saw the 250 come up I double checked it against the finger stick and it was indeed up there. Then I took a bolus to try to bring it down, but I took a full bolus instead of a scaled back bolus because I wasn't exactly sure what was going on with my body. Was my body treating this like a fasting day or was it treating it like a regular eating day? Because I'd already eaten so much from trying to treat lows and you know I ate the 500 calorie meal in between. So anyway, again, went low again. This is probably like the third or fourth or fifth time this day. And I'm not talking like a serious low, you know, it wasn't like in the fifties in the morning, these are like 60 or something like that. But it's at this point, it's a lot of insulin on board for relatively little food or if any food. So treat those, that low, spike back up to 200. And then finally I had reduced my basal rate down to like 70 or 80%. And then things finally started to stabilize overnight my blood sugar went low several times because I didn't keep it on that 80% basal, which is what I would have done if I had actually been able to make it through the fast. My assumption was that since I had eaten so many raisins and gummy bears and whatever during the day, that my body would just assume that it was not a fasting day and that it would treat my blood sugar like it was like a normal night, but that was not the case. Since I had had so few calories that day, probably only had you know, I ate the 400, 500 calorie meal in the middle of the day, but I also had gummy bears and raisins and stuff, but it probably still only totaled maybe 700, 800 calories for the day at most. So it really wasn't like a, it wasn't an update of eating. It wasn't a full day of eating. So my body didn't need all of that insulin overnight. And so I kept going low overnight. And so in the middle of the night, I scaled back the basal and then finally woke up in the morning with a steady blood sugar and I kept the basil at like 80% until it was time for me to eat the following day, which was around nine in the morning. And then that's when the blood sugar sort of stabilized out. So that's a day of bad alternate day fasting. I would say that that day was not successful. And to do it over again, definitely don't do it on a day when you're doing a Dexcom change. If you have to do a pod change, fine. But if you have to do a Dexcom change, a pod change, and maybe you have some hormones going on in the background, it's probably not the best day to do it. And I think as with everything intermittent fasting and diabetes related, you really have to set yourself up for success because if you try to add on a bunch of other factors that may get in your way, there's a very, very high likelihood that you're going to have problems fasting. So if you have a crazy busy day at work and you have meetings and you have to run all over town and, and you have all this wild stuff going on and you just know that it's going to be a nightmare and you have to exercise in the evening with a friend and you have all these things going on, there's a pretty good chance that your down day of not eating is not going to go well. So try to pick a day when you don't have a lot going on and you can kind of take it easy and relax. 
you know, it's fine to take a walk or do some sort of mild exercise, but try not to go super crazy because there's a pretty good chance that, you know, when you're in your fasting state, you might have some blood sugar issues. So try to minimize all the impact of that, especially if you're doing a longer fast or an extended fast. So that, that was a bad day of alternate day fasting. So let me pivot to a good day of alternate day fasting. So let me bring you back to two days before Thanksgiving. So on two days before Thanksgiving, I ate until two or three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, two days before prior to Thanksgiving. I stopped eating at two or three o'clock and then I let my basil go, just like I said, at its normal rate because my body assumed that I'd be eating again in the morning, even though I wasn't going to. So I woke up, treated my feet on the floor, dawn phenomenon with minimal insulin. I didn't overpower it with an overcorrection. And then I turned my my pump down to like 80% power. As the day went on, I watched the Dexcom readings and I saw that my blood sugar was very, very stable, but I could see that it was starting to drift a little bit lower. So then I moved it from 80% power, then to 50% power. And then once I hit the 24 hour mark, somewhere around there, 24, 26 hours, somewhere in that area, I cut it down to, I think it was 30 or 40% basal. And then I was just watching it, watching it. And there were periods in that day after that 24, 26 hour mark that I turned off the basal completely because I just didn't need it. And then overnight, I think I had, I think I kept it at maybe 60 or 70% basal. And I didn't have any lows that day. I was totally fine. I did on that day as well, eat a small 500 calorie down day meal, which was all protein. When you do a down day meal, in my opinion, if you're type one, it's best not to introduce carbs into the equation because you really don't want to have any insulin in your system. So if I eat something that's just pure protein, like a chicken breast or something like that, or a piece of cheese, I don't actually take any bolus for it. I just let it go because my algorithm on the loop will just take care of it if there's any kind of like slight blood sugar rise later. Plus those meals are very small. It's not like I'm eating two pounds of of white meat chicken and I'm definitely gonna have a protein rise later. If you just eat something relatively small and it doesn't have any carbs in it and it's all protein, you you probably don't even need to dose for it or if you do dose for it, it's very minimal. So you're really stripping insulin out of the equation when you have that down day meal. But in any event, so I did that. I had the 500 calorie down day meal the day before Thanksgiving, went through with the the pump, the, the basal rate turned way down for the rest of the day. On the day of Thanksgiving, got up, ate a little something for breakfast, maybe a piece of fruit or something like that. And then I had a full refeed day on the day of Thanksgiving, closed my window. I think I closed it pretty late, maybe seven or eight o'clock at night. And it was just a full day of just not worrying about intermittent fasting. And then the next day went right back to one meal a day and everything was fine. So alternate day fasting or up day, down day is totally possible with diabetes as our longer fasts is some of our guests have have indicated it's just you know you have to set yourself up for success and that may mean if you have a dexcom change site change coming up or you have anything hormonal related going on that day or a pod change or whatever the case may be think about all the factors that are going to happen on that day and try to pick a day when you're going to have as few of those factors as possible to get in your way so that you can make sure that you have a successful fast so i hope this has been helpful thank you for listening Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, 
please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.